Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I am glad that you are here listening today. And today, I want to talk to you about just something that's kind of making its round throughout churches and really want to talk to you about whether or not a church should take a stance one way or another concerning all of the things that have been happening in our country lately, whether that be from the murder of George Floyd, which has been talked about and talked about and talked about, to riots and looting, to racism, that is the biggest thing right now in our culture, should a church take a stance one way or another? Now, I will tell you right now that I do believe that churches should take a stance and put out something that is uh, thought through and probably needs to be done by more than just a single pastor on staff. Uh, it, It needs to be run through either your elder board or your deacons or some other people to make sure what you're putting out is what you want to say. And hopefully for biblical churches, what you want to say is going to be biblical and not be tied to the culture as it is. I was traveling this week a little bit, and I came across... A, a church in the city that I was staying in, and I noticed outside they made a statement. They took a stance. They took a hard stance, and it was easy to understand where this church stood when it comes to what's going on in our world today. I'm not going to say the name of the church, but it was a uh, Presbyterian church. It was the PC USA. So that may tell you something already, that it was the liberal side of the Presbyterian Church. Now, there are other sides that are great, wonderful, awesome people that are regenerate, and they love Jesus, and they are going to heaven. Now, I have a hard time with the liberal side because on their front lawn was a huge sign that said, we're in this together, and it had hands going up, and there was a black hand, white hand, um, different color hands, and right in the middle was a rainbow hand, and it was an all-inclusive church, and I thought, oh, there's the message, that they're uh, heavily leaning toward the LGBTQ, they are uh, just affirming in that lifestyle and those things, and then I got on the other side, this was a large church, so I get on the other side of the property, and I look, and they have this huge Black Lives Matter sign on their front lawn, right outside their their door. And I'm thinking, okay, let me just be clear. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to the podcast, let me tell you really quickly my thoughts, just so you don't have to go back and listen to 30 minutes of each episode to figure out where I stand. Although if I would love it if you did, by the way, if this is your first episode, go back and listen to the rest and then let me know what you think. Anyway, so here's what I believe when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Black lives do matter because those black lives were made in the image of God. So why would they not matter to a believer? So, yes, black lives matter. However, this has now moved from a black lives matter, as in they are all in the image of God, to the black lives matter political movement and the political agenda and the all-out racist side of black lives matter. Now, I do not believe in black lives matter, the political movement. I believe it is a race 
racist, godless agenda and ideologies that they promote that I will not be a part of and I will not stand for. And now we've crossed into anyone that agrees with Black Lives Matter is most of the time now agreeing with the stance the political movement is taking. So if you're a black life listening to this episode, your life absolutely matters. I care about your life. I love your life. I pray that you have been redeemed by the God of the Bible. I pray that you have repented of sin and trusted Christ. And if not, I pray that you would repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So, yes, Black Lives Matter. But this church was clearly leaning liberal, heavy into the movement, heavy into LGBTQ. So it started making me think is, should churches make a stand? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. I think that a church needs to put out there exactly where they stand on the issues that are happening in our culture as we see it, because what the church is saying matters. Now, if your church is leaning into the Black Lives Matter movement, LGBTQ, I would say flee that church immediately because it is not a biblical church that we find in the scriptures. And I pray that you would get into a biblical church. Now, if it's if it's if it's your church that's making that stance, then at least your church is making the stance and making it known where they do stand when it comes to the things happening in our world today. However, I think that a biblical church should also make a statement because we see so many professing believers get caught up in many of these movements and ideologies, and and many of them are godless, and we see them getting in many debates and. Their, their lines are sort of crossing, so to speak, and churches' lines. We don't really know where the church stands. And I think it is important as we find ourselves in this type of atmosphere these days that it is extremely important to nail down exactly where you stand as a church on the issues. Not, listen, again, not just where one person in your church stands, whether that be the single model pastor that you may have. That If you do have a single model pastor, then you need to... Uh, make sure the leadership is involved in this. But I think it is good, and it would benefit many to find out where churches stand. So my church, I'm the pastor at, or the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And recently, our elders, we have sat down and we have formulated a response to the things that are happening in our world. So I just wanted to take this time on this episode to read to you guys what we as a church have formulated. And one of the big things that I want you to take away from this is this does not have to be your stance. This is just simply showing you an example of what our church has put out for everyone in our community to see, especially our church members, to know exactly where we as an elder board stand when it comes to the issues plaguing our country right now. So just take this as an example. It doesn't have to be your church's stance. It doesn't even have to be worded the way you might say it. But Uh, I just wanted to take this opportunity and this platform to put this out there for anybody that may be thinking about uh, putting forth a stance where you stand on these issues. And I'll say this, we had one of our staff members put together a video of him reading the um, letter, and he did a really good job with this. He he used a a, a camera, and he also put the letter scrolling beside him, so uh, he both read it and people could read it at the same time, and we also put it out where they could read it all together. I will link that video for you just to kind of see how we've done it. Again, this is not to to say, hey, look at us, but this is maybe to help some of you that may be listening. If you're thinking about or wondering what to say, where to fall in line as far as a stance and 
what that looks like going out. So again, just simply an example. I want to read this to you and uh, I will link the video that we put out in the show notes. So make sure you go there and find it. So we put this out on Wednesday, July the 8th. And I'll just say this, there's been a lot of people in our community that have responded very well to this. People that don't go to our church, people that are just in our community that uh, know about our church or friends or, or have liked our church's Facebook page. So they are seeing this and uh, so they're responding well. We haven't had any negative reaction yet. So, And let me just say this too, we are one of two churches that I know that have put out some sort of statement in and, and quite frankly, a city full of churches. Uh, we are in the Bible Belt. We are in a city with about seventy-five to 80,000 people, and uh, there are churches everywhere. So we are about one of two people that have put this out, one of which went the social justice route, which if you want to know where I stand on social justice, look back in the archives of these episodes. You'll find an episode on social justice and what I think of that. Uh, but here we find ourselves about to read this letter. So we put this out to, on, on uh, July the 8th, on a Wednesday. Has some good traction. Nothing negative yet, but here it is. An open letter from the elders of South Caraway Baptist Church regarding racism, riots, police brutality, and our current cultural climate. Over the past several weeks, we have seen the landscape of our country change. It has gone from the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis to peaceful protests, to riots and looting, to major cities being ransacked with many buildings being burned and many lives destroyed forever. As a result of the civil unrest across our country, the topic of racism has come to the forefront of the conversation. While many people are trying to figure out how to make right all of the wrongs in the world, the elders at South Caraway Baptist Church want to address these issues and where we stand as a church when it comes to murder, riots, looting, and racism. The Beginning it seems like no matter what the issue of the day is, there is always, almost always a constant push to divide people. Some say this thing is wrong, while others say this thing is right, and at the end of the day we're left with a bunch of people sharing what they think and butting heads. But what does God say about these things? Fortunately for us, God has spoken and still speaks to us through his inherent, holy, infallible word. And here's what he says. Murder is sinful. Stealing and destroying property is sinful. Slandering one another is sinful. Racism is sinful. All these things and more have one thing in common. They can all be traced back to Genesis chapter 3 where we see the fall of man. Many of us know the story. Adam and Eve were tempted by a serpent who happened to be Satan. He tempted them to eat of the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God had told them not to eat from this tree, but since Satan was crafty, he tempted them to eat, and they did. The result of Adam defying God and eating the fruit is what we know as the fall. Because of the fall of man, sin entered the world. Romans 5.12 teaches us that just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. We see that because of Adam's sin, we are all born with a sin nature and will ultimately die as a result of our sin. Death is a nasty thing. Death is a result of the rebellion of man against a holy God. And in parentheses, we have Romans 6.23. Sin and death have entered the world, and there is nothing we can do to change it. The reason for murder, riots, looting, burning of businesses, murder, and racism is, at its root, sin. Sin has affected every aspect of who we are as a human race, and we will be dealing with the issue of sin until Christ comes back 
and God makes all things new with a new heaven and a new earth. And in parentheses, we have Revelation 21, 1. The solution. There are many solutions going around about how to deal with racism, abusive law enforcement, murders, etc. While many people look to programs and other tools, we look to the cross. We look to Christ. Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Anyone that has been saved has been given a new heart with new desires that differ from the heart of stone that is given to much sin. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7-11 through 11, that Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus lived the perfect life. He was sinless. He obeyed the law of God to the fullest. This is something that we can't do as sinners. Jesus died the death that we deserved, and the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved, Romans 10.9. We must realize that Jesus died for the ungodly. This means he died for murderers, thieves, liars, racists, and more. When someone turns from their sin and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, they will have new desires. The Lord puts a new desire in the life of those that believe in Christ, and instead of living a life of sin, the new desires cause them to live a godly life in Christ. This means that all evil desires will fade away and be replaced by desires to kill sin and pursue Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the solution to everything that we see going on in our world today. Proclamation of the gospel is of utmost importance in the days we are living in. God changes the hearts of those he saves, and a changed heart will be taught how to live and how to glorify God with the life we've been given. And then the next heading says, Saved, now what? Once a person is saved, the work doesn't stop there. When someone responds to the gospel in repentance and faith, then comes the work of discipleship. As believers, we are called to go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. When we disciple someone who has been saved, we understand that the changed person still has a sin nature. We understand that racism, envy, jealousy, and many other sins will pop up in their life. This is why discipleship is extremely important. As we begin to disciple new believers, or even older believers that have never been discipled, we can hold them accountable. If racism or any other sin comes back up in their life, we can teach them the biblical worldview of such sin and guide them back in line with the Word of God and pursuing Christ. Sanctification is important in the life of a believer. This is simply the process of being made holy. When someone is made holy, they become more and more like Jesus Christ. As this happens, a person doesn't become sinless. However, they will sin less, which means all forms of sin, including racism, will be further and further from who they are as a person. Discipleship plays a very important role part in sanctification. This is why we need to be discipled and to disciple others, to hold us accountable and make us more like Christ. Conclusion. In closing, we would like to denounce racism, murder, law enforcement that abuses its power, and all other sin. While we agree there have been some terrible things happening in our country over the last several weeks, we look to Christ and the power of the gospel to change hearts and to see people saved. We must get back to Christ, not programs, not other analytical tools, but Christ and Christ crucified. 
Solideo Gloria, signed Stephen Dew, Jeremiah Nortier, Travis Drum, and Justin Shipley, the elders of South Caraway Baptist Church. Now, we just simply laid out what we believe from the Word of God. We believe that all of this sin we see in the world is a result of the fall. We believe that sin and death has spread to all men, as Romans 5.12 teaches us. We are born with that sin nature. The solution is salvation in Christ alone and by grace alone, through faith alone. We believe that. And also, after we proclaim the gospel, after someone is saved, we believe that discipleship plays a very important part. So that is our letter to our church, our community, and uh, that is just an example, again. But we want to make sure that we are planting our flag, so to speak, on the firm foundation that is Christ Jesus. We are planting our flag, so to speak, in the Word of God. We want everything that we do at our church to be a biblical thing. Everything that we do, no matter if it's singing, praying, uh, encouraging one another, church discipline, communion, all of the above. Everything that we want to do as a church, we want to do biblical, including where we stand on all of the things happening in our world. We absolutely denounce these things, but we know it's rooted in sin. So I hope you uh, have somewhat taken this and uh, maybe can formulate your own stance and put it out there so uh, people know where you stand as a church. I I think it's important for people to know where you stand in this day and age because people are looking for churches. People are looking for their next place of worship, and somebody that uh, may fall in line with you, may be looking for your church. I pray that anybody listening to this would want to go the biblical route and really just seep it in the gospel, your stance, and, and just in the and steep it in the Word of God. Uh, I, I pray that you would formulate something that is reflective of who you are in Christ and who your church is. Again, You could totally disagree with our stance. You could be on the opposite end of the spectrum. You could be like that church I ran into this week and had all of the signs out there. You could be a part of a liberal church. You could uh, be a pastor at a liberal church. I would pray that you would check the motives of your heart if you are. I pray that you would search the scriptures. I pray that we could have an open conversation, a dialogue back and forth, if that's where you fall on the spectrum, that is loving and charitable and full of grace. But I, I think it's important, either way, to put it out there, and some of you may even think that it's not important, but I, I believe the world is watching the church, the community around us is watching the churches, and I think it's important to let people know where we stand on certain issues. So that's what's going on in our world, and that's where our church has planted its flag. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Our Facebook page will be linked in the show notes as well. Like I said, I will link our video that we put out to our community in the show notes. I will link some places that you can get a hold of me. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your church's response if you've had one. I'd love to hear if your church is thinking about making a response to the things that are going on. And I would love to hear if you think we shouldn't, as churches, formulate a stance uh, and, and again, we could talk about that in a charitable, charitable and grace-filled way, and I'd just love to hear from you. So click one of those links, get in touch, and let me know what your church is doing or not doing, and uh, we can, if nothing else, uh, become new friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, 
Well, thank you for listening. A little shorter today, but that's always okay. We'll be back again soon with a new episode. And until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>